This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So see mcdonalds.com for full details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. There's a team that we all love, playing out of person town. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. Play up, play up, for fail. Good evening and welcome to the Ale Unveiled podcast. Um, one of us thought it was Thursday today, but it's not. It's Wednesday. Um, recording a day early because of the game being on Friday and then having to fit in everything for the weekend in time for the Monday. So, Bez, how are you on this uh, Wednesday? Bit disappointed, Johnny. Won't lie. Why? Because the darts isn't on. Yeah. Got my iPad ready for the Premier League darts, which I always put on on the background as we're recording, so I can watch it. And obviously, as you say, it's Wednesday, so there's no Premier League darts. Um, well, there's Premier League football. There is. I've got the Newcastle West Ham game on my iPad instead. Yeah, West Ham are shambles, aren't they, at the minute? Yeah, there could be another manager sacked by the weekend at this rate. Have you seen it's a record high for the Premier League this season with 12? Ah. Yeah. TL. Mind you, Chelsea account for five of them 12, don't they? I know they don't really before anyone corrects me. Well, no, but they, they could be on three before the end of the season with Lampard getting back in. Yeah, they could. So, and we're joined by fellow 10K runner. The trainers have been purchased. He has done zero practice. And what are you eating, Tom? Eh. Uh... I've got a big bag of Milky Way Magic Stars. <laughs> there we go. The preparation of an athlete right there. That'll help. It's uh, just a... It's, I don't know. I, I've, got, I've got nothing. Yeah. I'm just a, just a fat lazy shit who, who is taking on this monumental task. Yeah. You just want running crew with your veil shit, don't you? That's all it says. Yeah, yeah, we'll go. I'm always, you know, love running and crew me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Normally you're running out. Nothing I love more than running past train stations and big B&Qs. Yeah, exactly. But you talk about training. I said last week I'd started me healthy eating, not a diet, healthy eating. 
and um, a bit more exercise. And I said I'd keep updating to keep me going. I lost two pound in the first week, so now I'm only three stone twelve pound overweight going into the race. So that should help. Well, exactly. Light on your feet. I was going to say, by the time the race comes, hopefully you'll be three stone ten pounds overweight. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully two pound a week. That's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, there you go. Another couple of days, drop that, drop that too. You'll be right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, overall I won't drop two stone. Being totally honest, so we'll see how we get. How was your diet going, Johnny? Because we heard yeah. about it ages ago when the cooker broke and it kind of the wheels come off it then, didn't it? Yeah, once the cooker was fixed, that's it. The wheels did come off it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stayed off. It's stayed off. Yeah, it has, it's not going anywhere. The diet isn't. Uh-huh. I do need to do need to look into it, but then something always crops up, doesn't it? You go, oh, I'll I'll do it do it after this. I'm I'm going here. I'll do it after this. Or, that's it. You know, after and this I'm, curry. Yeah, I've been doing that for 12 months and I'm focused now. I'm still having treats, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, cutting everything out. Saturday night, I had a couple of beers and a pizza for my mate's dad's birthday. So it's not like I'm restricting everything, but I'm making healthier choices when I can. Were you with your mate's dad or did you just have a couple of beers and a pizza? No, I just sent him a photo. Like, oh, happy birthday, Ken. <laughs> I just well. sent him a photo. Uh, <laughs> Mickey Martin. No, I was. I was with Mickey Martin. So, yeah, it was his 80th. So, no, we went up. It was a buffet and there was pizza on the buffet and that. So, you know. But I'm doing it on my own, just waiting in. There's a few of us at work doing it. So, we're pushing each other on. And obviously, I'll come on here and tell everyone. So, that'll push me on. But, like, not this weekend, next weekend. I've got a weekend in Manchester. And that is just going to be a weekend on the air. So, it's out the window for that weekend. I can't a weekend. I'm going to Ben Brazil. Oh, my big, my Brazil. big weekend, stupidly, this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, it is, stupidly, very stupidly. Accrington Friday, I've been roped into a bottomless brunch Saturday. And then this bloody race starts at half past nine Sunday. Yeah, it does. It does. So by half past 11, I'm hoping I'm back in the pub. Well, it's half 11, I'm hoping you're finished. I'll probably be close. Two hours, I imagine. No, you'll finish before then. So, for those who are running it, you'll have had your email through tell you where we're going for those who aren't running it but want to come and support the car park for it is apollo buckingham health science campus crew green road and the postcode is cw15du5 delta uniform cw charlie whiskey charlie whiskey 15 delta uniform for any coppers that are listening so Get yourselves over there. The race, as Thomas said, starts at half nine. Numbers have to be collected between eight and nine for those running, but you know that. We're saying let's get there and get your numbers for half eight. We'll have team photo, Ale and Vale, 20 to nine. Johnny will be there taking photos. So 20 to nine, somewhere where you get your numbers. You won't miss us because let's be honest, no one else will be wearing Vale shirts bar us. So yeah, we hope. We, we hope, yeah. So yeah, and it's this Sunday. So sponsorship, if you can, be greatly appreciated. Tom's tweeted it out. Me and Johnny will tweet it out on Facebook and Twitter. After all, I won't tweet it out on Facebook. I'll Facebook it out on Facebook. But it'll be out. We're up to £805 now, which is absolutely bloody fantastic. So thank you very much. I said at the start, Johnny, I don't know if I said it on air or off air, but I said I'd like extra £1,000. Although I'd set the target as 500 i I'd like extra £1,000. And we're nearly there. And Mr Amos says he's chucking 100 in if Tom really suffers, which it looks like he will. 
So fingers crossed. So we're nearly there. So any sponsorship, please, would be greatly appreciated. And in the last seven days, we've had Tom Donnelly, Adam Tyson, Stephen Aiden, Dean Eggingbottom, Lynette Shono, Nate Worthington, Cassandra, Christine Wentle, Matt Allcroft, Dominic Scrag, Andrew Price and Peter Bourne have all donated. So thank you very much, everyone. We're up to 805. And Tom's really looking forward to Sunday. <laughs> I am. I've got my trainers now. Yeah. What could go wrong? You brought your trainers today. Well, exactly. I'll yeah. tell you what went wrong. I went pissing Freeport in half team. That's what went oh. wrong. Oh. What a nightmare. I'll tell you what. If walking around buying trainers for a bloody 10k wasn't bad enough, there was even a queue at Burger King after. Did you go Burger King after? <laughs> yeah, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> What's your job? Talk dirty to me. It, chicken Royale meal. I'm very basic when it comes to uh, Burger King, but I like a chicken royale. Um, but what see, you've got I to understand to is the... I spend a lot of time on the road. So do I. When I'm, when I'm driving between jobs. And... So do I. Yeah, but you, you, you do long distances. You're, you're a motorway man. I've been Bolton today, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in between towns and cities, which means if I'm peckish... I do also drive past a lot of McDonald's, so I have had a McChicken sandwich as well today. I'm <laughs> <laughs> driving to Weston. <laughs> yeah, but for mine, it's service stations, and let's be honest, service stations are either McDonald's, Burger King, Subway, KFC. Yeah, well, I'm going to pay someone to just open a load of pasta shops and stuff like that. See, what I do now, now I'm making healthier choices, and I've done it today, is brought a pasta pot and just put it in the car and took it with me. Yeah, but then stop putting forks in the friggers. These ones from Aldi have got um, wooden forks in. Well, just leave a fork in your van. Yeah, and you can do that because I leave a fork in my car now because you're right, some of them they don't put forks in. Okay. All right. Coming up with yeah, we'll right. leave it Yeah, but I don't decide I'm going to be healthy until later in the day. Well, yeah, maybe it's... To be fair, you're not four stone overweight like me. I'm not quite four stone overweight. I'm about three stone overweight. But there we go. two and a half. Yeah, yeah, it depends what better you're looking. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I've got to do it on my own because I'm not allowed at Fat Club anymore. I got banned last time I went. Why? I took a box of Maltese and dropped them on the floor and it was like fucking hungry hippos. Oh, fuck's <laughs> sake. Ah, oh, we'll move on. Carry on, oh, Johnny. Oh, I fell for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did. You did fall for that, Tom. And as soon as you asked, surely you knew there was a bad joke coming. Shall we just call it a day there and just write oh, this one off as a bad job? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't 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 get better from there, apparently. <laughs> Tune in yeah. next week for Diet in the Veil podcast. Yeah. Well while while we're talking about food and drink, let, let's go on to um drink of the week, shall we? See what's been going on. Bez, you said you had a couple of pints at the weekend. I did. Um, obviously healthy healthy eating won't allowed during the week. So what did you have at the weekend? A couple of pints of Jaipur. Absolutely bloody beautiful. Probably my favourite Jaipur, to be fair. Jaipur or A-Updup, but yeah, it was Jaipur at the weekend. Bloody fantastic. Tom, obviously, any day there ends in a Y, you'll... I see, I, I don't like, I don't like, I, you know, I don't drink Monday to Thursday. So what's that bottle of wine doing there next to you? There's no bottle of wine here. This is my cup of tea in my wine glass mug that instead of saying top gun says something else but i'm not going to say that live. Yeah. you can probably guess 
gun has been swapped out for. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't I, I, weekends? I'm a Guinness or Budweiser drinker. Guinness or, yep. or, or Australia at the Vale because they don't they only serve Australia or Peroni. Fair enough. So yeah. there we go. All good. Mm. All good, Ben. There we go. There, there's 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 little beer talk, and then we'll um we'll have a look what Accrington have got to offer at the weekend. Soon as um apparently there's going to be a fan zone outside. That's 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 what it says for for larger larger gate yeah larger gates. They have an away fan zone because they allow you usually in their bar, but not going to get a thousand people in the bar, are they? So. Mr. Alt's after some money. Of course he is. But he said it on Football Ground Guide, it says it was £2 a pint last time. So. Oh, God. Can't argue that. Yeah. And to be fair, is, that the, was... is the pub still open on the ground? The Crown? The Crown, yeah, up the steps, that's still open. But obviously, mm-hmm. that's not the biggest. A tiny in there. Yeah. 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 So. And that wasn't a dig at Mr. Alt, by the way, because why wouldn't you want the money going into the club? We'd want to if there was a full away end coming our place. Yeah, of course. And. I, I suppose that leads us nicely on to. I was just about to say, yeah. What's what's cracked off this week? We we've gone weeks with having to babble and just literally find things to go on t- tangents. We've had fake taxis. We've had manscapes. Um, so this week's topic <laughs> is divorce. Um, or lack of divorce, shall we say? I, I mean... thought about this. If you go Aldi and they haven't got your milking or summit or you're not happy. You don't go and look like what the CEO at Aldi's doing and start rumours that they're getting a divorce, do you? No, I suppose not. Why is it different with the football club? Because I, I suppose it depends on how many how many weeks of um, not having your milk in. Yeah, it depends yeah. if Aldi have got rid of the milk. Yeah. yeah. And, haven't, and haven't told you why. Well, <laughs> and maybe it... always go little. And the milk's, the milk's three days before going out of date. Well... <laughs> Next time I go and there's no milk, I'll go on Twitter and say that CEO's getting a divorce. That's why there's no milk. And shagging a different cow. <laughs> Pulled the that's, not, that's not me calling anybody a cow. That was just a milk-based <laughs> cow. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's been it, it, it's been very bizarre to be sitting at work and my phone constantly, constantly saying... 15, 16 new WhatsApp messages because the rumours were just going completely nuts, weren't they? Should have tried mine Monday when I was in Manchester for week. I got home and you buggers had got about 200 in there. <sighs> you have to have a good sit down, don't you? Have a read through. Yeah. And then you go on Twitter and you've got another 150 rumours starting. Yeah. And then Carol just comes out and dispels them all and one twenty-seven minute interview. Well, I wouldn't say she dispelled them all. There's still no, a couple. There's a couple, still a couple of things. Um, the one thing that, that came from it for me is I'm glad that she's not the director of football. Um, because yes. the, the comment about a good January was was bizarre. It was ridiculous. Mm. Nothing okay. short of ridiculous. I don't know how three wins in 15 games you can say you've had a good bloody transfer window. Three and sixteen. Two and three and sixteen. Sorry. I, I suppose it's a good transfer window from a money person's point of view because Walker, Charlesley and Hall's wages won't equate to Taylor and Donnelly's, I don't think. You wouldn't have thought so. You and hope. obviously we got a fee for Walker and Hall, didn't we? 
We don't yes. know what we don't know to the extent of what though, do we? That's no, could have been thirty odd grand. Who could knows? have been seven. Yeah, could have been. <laughs> I can't think. I can't imagine it was more than ten. Both both had six months on the contract, didn't they? So, mm. see, I think Walker would have been around ten. I think oh, I'd have wanted thirty odd even with six months on his contract. Yeah, I suppose. And I don't know if you've seen that Colchester are further two million pound in debt, bringing up. They're owing to the chairman of thirty-one million pounds now. Oh, wow! Yeah. Well, they're not quite Ipswich. Well, yeah, but the Ipswich <laughs> currently afford to lose fourteen million pound a season. <laughs> They've got to go up, aren't they? Basically. Well, yeah. And for those that haven't seen, obviously, some accounts have come out League Two, and it shows Ipswich have lost fourteen million this year. What did he say about Wigan of the Championship? I haven't I haven't looked at Wiggins. I've I've only I've only been peering at a couple of ones that were of interest, but I think the Ipswich ones fucking bar me. They spent because obviously it's last season as well. They spent two point six million on players last season and, and had one point three in. And then they've spent a further six million this season as well. So in two seasons they've 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 spent eight million pounds in League One. Wow. Right. I think that's got to put into perspective some of what Carol has said. Yeah, and I know listening to the price of football today, and I am behind, so it wasn't this week's. Wigan obviously haven't paid the players again, and now I think Wigan have been deducted six points. Yeah. Last season, Wigan in League One lost seven million quid getting promoted out of League One. And now look at them, they're going to come straight back down because they lost seven million quid last year and can't afford to pay the players this year. I didn't realise they've been deducted points. That's what the price of football said. I saw Reading have been deducted points. Yeah, Red- Reading have today, haven't they, for, for a similar thing. But then there's a tweet here that says Wigan's players have been paid early this month. Oh. Yeah, Wigan, Wigan lost three points for it. Three points, there you go. Yeah, but you probably have been paid early to, to stop them, like, kicking off. Uh, yeah. There. But yeah, it does sh- go to show you, doesn't it, what Carol was saying, Johnny, getting back to the veil. Yeah, it does. And I think there's three major parts that I took out from it. So happy for either of you two to, to intervene as I, after I've gone through the three to say, what about this one? If, if not, I, it, not after each one. No, not after each one, because you don't know what the other two are then, would you? OK. So um, I think the first, first, first topic for discussion is the plans for the new scoreboard. Um, so obviously Carol spoke about that and said that the Hamel one's going. Um, it means that anyone get moving into the Hamel will be able to see at the back. Um, obviously we've had it since since the late eighties, and there's some memories for me about that. I always remember when, whenever you got a corner and the little stuck in a corner would pop up and the little ambulance and stuff. So um, yeah. what they've said is obviously it's on the last legs. We know that. Uh, but Richie Bates is working with a company to provide us with a good one. Um, when you go to away games, you can see that see the goals just been scored, being replayed, and things like that. And you think, wow, that's the kind of thing we want. So we have a new scoreboard coming. Tell for see to score a goal. Never mind the replay. All right. We scored two past Burton. Tom's put himself on mute now and he's oh. trying to talk. Yeah, sorry. Uh, do you think it'll be? straight away one that shows replays or do you think we might have kind of one that shows both team news and the score and the time at the top 
and then in future it gets upgraded to one that shows replays? No, I think it'll come in all singing, all dancing, I do. Okay. Yeah, see, I, th- I think from what she said, I think you've got you've got to take that as it's going to be a good one. I don't think it's going to be like top of the range HD quality, but I do think it's going to be a decent one and something that's needed. My assumption is it'll go in the family stand basically in that corner, um, because why wouldn't you have it facing the commercial money maker, which is Lawn Street and the camera? Exactly. Sponsors, if they're paying for it, are going to want the majority of the people to see when things are on there, aren't they? So, and that's one thing we haven't been able to do as a club for seasons now, is it? Like you say, back in the day, you remember the don't get stuck in a corner, get away with it. I think it was Oasis Travel. Yeah, Oasis Travel. And Oasis Tom- Travel, get away with it. Uh, Thomas Coop for a bit, yeah. But we haven't been able to do that for ages, so that's revenue we're missing out on. So potentially that's another revenue stream into the club. And as Carol said, she wants the club self-sustaining. So if you can bring more revenue in, that increases your playing budget and allows you to sign a few better players, hopefully. Yeah, I think, I think that's the, the thing for me is scoreboard. Is it the most important thing? No. Does it improve revenue streams and stuff like you've just said? Yeah, definitely. So, so it's got to be it's got to be high up on there, on the list of things in the ground to fix. So, that was that's it. That that, that was that was the first point that I, I picked up on. These aren't in order of importance. I'm saving the the main one till last. And let's be honest, it's good because they're putting the singing section at the back of the ammo. And if you were going in the singing section, and the scoreboard's there. You're not seeing a lot. Yeah, you, you know, you're not seeing anything, are you? Really, the couple of couple of fans have taken um, funny pictures from stood at the back on seats and stuff like that, going "What a shit view!" Yeah, it it does make me chuckle. Um, but next new point, and I think this is this is something that enough people have moaned about now. Um, the pitch. So obviously, the long term plan is to replace it, but. In the meantime, we'll do some repair work with some notable improvements. Um, she said that the pitch absolutely has to have work done. It's going to be, it isn't going to be the full dig out on this occasion, but we're doing a lot of work about the structure. There are 40 drains, drains at the bottom of the pitch and some need replacing. So there's a lot of work to do on the substructure. I know more about grasses than pitches than I ever I felt I needed to know. When we go for the complete replacement, the work we are doing for this will will, will be incorporated into that. So it's I'm not glad a... she added that sentence. Yeah, well, that's it. So it's not as if we're doing anything now, which we'll then lose when we replace the whole thing. But you will notice a big difference next next season. Yeah, not because I'd lose me head, but you know, some people on Twitter and Facebook and the wonder if they would lose, they're going, bloody hell, we're spending this money, then we're going to have to do it again anyway. So I'm glad she added that sentence to stop them comments. Yeah, I think with, with the pitch, we, we all know, we all know it needs fixing. And yeah. we all we, we all know that the, the ideal world would be a complete new pitch. But we all know it, it takes money and you, you kind of got you've got to balance that. Is it better to spend it on on the people on the pitch or on the pitch this time round and hope that we stay up to, to make benefit from it? Um. So, yeah, I, th- I think the good thing is it seems like we're doing half of the work this time. So maybe it'll take half half the time next time around, um, which will hopefully be in 12 months time. We'll be talking about, right, complete relay. Um, obviously, she hasn't said that, but that's what I'm hopeful of. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that comment. I'm happy that we're, we're looking at the right things and I'm happy that there's been an explanation of kind of part of what they're doing. We know full well that it's a clay pitch. We're all from the area. We've all played football or, or whatnot, and we know it's clay and it holds water and stuff like that. So drainage is massively important at the minute, isn't it? I'm I'm wondering, and I don't know whether I might be way off the mark with costings and whatnot here, whether we'll go for a, a split synthetic grass approach. Whether we can, I don't know. Uh, or whether we'll go for 100% grass again. Well, 100% Because obviously these, these split pitches now are becoming... The, well, well I think the majority of pitches are now, aren't they, I think? Yeah, well, that's what Exeter says. And what, what, what we said before was, wasn't it, full grass one's about 500k. Um, synthetic one's about three seasons... Uh, three, three, three million, sorry, but lasts 10 years, and then you've got to replace it. And then the full... Dezo pitch, I think they're called, which is what basically Wembley is about ten billion, and they only last a couple of years. So, a bit expensive, though, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think off, it's the latter. <laughs> you'd be better off nipping down B and Q and getting some of that artificial stuff. Yeah, Tom, Tom can fit it as well. That's what it says. Yeah, yeah, I, I can. I yeah. can. I'm, I mean, I've, no, I've never quite cracked a football pitch size yet, but I can try. Let's go for it. I'm bored from that as well, B&Q. Oh, God. Absolutely not. <laughs> Last time I went down with some bloke in an orange overall come up to me and says, do you want decking? So I got the first punch to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, I'm, I'm not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell myself then. <laughs> I, I, the best part was it was the audible laugh as well. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. Um, How to carry on from that shit? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I suppose. I suppose the big, big bit is is what people want to talk about is the the sh- the shake up in terms of what Flickcroft, uh, Matt Hancock, and um, Claire Halkett are now going to be doing. Yeah. Which let's let, let's tackle them one by one. We'll start with Flickcroft. Um, he's now going to be in charge of everything football related, including the academy and the pitch. Do you think uh, that's a good idea, Tom? I'll be honest. I thought that was the case anyway. I thought that's what a director of football did. Um, whether, uh, well, I, don't, I, I assumed that was his role. I didn't see how, I mean, does that stretch to kind of contract negotiations now does he take that side of Colin's role he was already doing contract negotiations but Colin was the main Colin set the budget but yeah, Colin was... also was he had the, to was put the, the sign off and, on yes. yeah. and I think I don't know I don't want uh, this I assumed he was in charge of everything football anyway and I assumed that was right down to the academy because uh, I've, I, he said a number of times that the academy directly filters into the first team, so it all needs to become one. Um, I, I put in the group earlier, you don't have to particularly like the guy. 
for him to do that job. I would say he's probably got 70%, maybe slightly lower decisions right, if I'm being truthful. The appointment of Clark being a big one. Um, There's been... There's been big turnovers in staff, which obviously we won't we won't see whether they are better than previous for maybe a couple of seasons. Um, you know we've for all these airs and great the season first real season he was with us we got promotion, um, and I think both he puts a lot down to Daryl Clark and Daryl Clark puts a lot down to him. So they've obviously had a decent relationship there. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm quite happy for him to carry on in that capacity as long as we keep moving forward. We don't become stale. Uh, relationships don't start to break down um, on a noticeable level. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um like if him and Clark fell out and we were third in the league, then I'm sorry. <laughs> Flickcroft would probably have to go for me there. Um but obviously we're not in that I just yeah, I'm I am where I am with Flickcroft at the minute. So but I think it's good that your director of football is taking sole control of the football side. And I'm very similar to you. I thought he was already in charge of the academy, etc. That surprised me he wasn't. I think one. I don't think he wasn't. I think what basically what she, what she was. I think she was just trying to give an overview of what it's going to be because she did say um, the other eight departments are in three areas: one, football, so anything that touches the ball is Flitcroft. So first team, the academy, and also the pitch, the ground, and the ground staff. Yes, so think, true, true. I think what she was trying to say is, look, you kind of know that the players and the scouting and the recruitment side of it to Flickcroft, but yes, also it'll be this, that, that, and the other. And I think that's, I think that's key to explain to some people because some people won't know what a director of football does. Like Tom's just said, it's kind of like you have an idea of what one does, but no one's really hundred percent. Is it the hiring, firing? Is it? the players is it a bit of everything sort of thing so we kind of now know that if a ball's touched it then Flitcroft's gonna have have had his finger in a pie somewhere yeah do you think he's taken on more responsibility than he had before I'd say so yeah and my dad asked me a good question early when we were talking about it and I don't know the answer is he still on two days a week or is he now working more days a week I suppose I suppose he's got to take on more days a week, hasn't he? But you I think so. The other thing I kind of got to ask is, I honestly believe he he's been he's been there more than an in part time role. I, yeah. I, I think every time somebody's been to the club, Flitcroft's been there. Mm. You know, so I, I believe that he probably started this as part time, but I, I'd be I'd be shocked if it if it was. It's probably more likely with Flitcroft is that he'll get a few extra days off here and there where other people won't because because of how it's structured. But yeah, I'm I'm not too concerned by 
how many days he's working if it if it's working. I think you're willing to question it when things aren't great. But yeah, I don't I don't think we need to know the ins and outs of what he's doing. I think also it's probably one of the one of the jobs within the club that ball two days a week. Could you work from home? Yeah, of course you could. You're at the end of a me- you're at the end of a phone. You've got email on your lap on your phones, your laptops, whatever. You know, if you if you dra- I don't even he, he, I imagine he doesn't live in Stoke. So if his whole day is to drive to the club and speak to people on the phone, could he not just do that from home? I think some stuff like that. I think it's important for scout meeting, scouting meetings sort of thing to be in a person and get... So I think reading the room is really important there, isn't it? So if one of the scouts has said, look, this person looks brilliant, and then you'll have a discussion about it. Oh, yeah, I agree you should be there for that. But like you say, if if you're just ringing, if you if you're spending your day ringing up pitch companies, for example, to to, to find out who's going to lay the turf, then that can be done anywhere. When 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 do you reckon he takes a holiday? Do you reckon he takes it at the end of the season? I I'd say Flitcroft doesn't. Because or would it, you say that's his prime time then for? That's his prime time for recruitment. I think he'll have an holiday, but. It's probably might be a holiday where he's still got his phone on. Yeah, but if he's part time, then that's the other thing, isn't it? It's it's he's, he's got the ability to have a long, long, longer break in that sort of sense. So yeah, but even part time stuff have holidays, so they can have. Yeah. 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 yeah Are you carrying on with this story, or have you finished, Johnny? No, we've, we've still got the other two people to talk about. Fair enough. It's all right. I've got something else I want to say, bro. Want finish the story first? All right. So next one was Matt Hancock, who obviously has only just recently joined. Um, but Carol said if it affects people, then it's Matt Hancock. His actual title is Community and CSR Director, but he covers the foundation, um, comms and commercials, so anything to do with people as Matt, um, which we have got. We've, we've had a chat with Matt, and he'll, he's going to come on a pod in a, in a couple of weeks' time to discuss that in a bit more detail. and Maybe talk- even one week's time. Maybe even one week's time. I didn't, I didn't know when you'd sorted it for, so I've been next week. Sound has been vague for for that reason. I didn't, <laughs> didn't have he'd replied. Oh, he's replied. Sound. But yeah, so we'll we'll get to talk to Matt next week and just kind of see what his new role is, find out sort of the comms and commercial side of it, and just just a bit about his his role as a whole, really. So that'll be good. Um, role as a whole. Yeah, there we go. And then lastly, there's Claire. Um, she's worked for Carol and Kevin uh, in Synetics for eight and a half years before joining Vale. Um, so anything to do with the stadium with Claire. So it's any anything at all. The safety team um, will work under her. But the stadium itself, the venue, hospitality, kitchen staff, operationally anything to do with Vale Park is Claire's bag. So it's kind of interesting there that the pitch isn't part of the stadium as such, uh, but each of the three areas will have a profit and loss. Um, they'll be accountable for the for the money in terms of what they're bringing in and what they're spending and how does that fit in into the overall. Um, and that's kind of what Patrick will be doing by the sounds of it. So he'll be he'll be he'll be looking after each area's profit and loss and making sure that money isn't hemorrhaging. In, in one area that, and that's not 
bringing it in as well because there's no point spending millions of pounds on the stadium if for five days a week it's closed. I don't know it's not, but you get the point. Yeah, very much so. I think that's important as well. It's all well and good looking at what happens on a Saturday afternoon, but it needs to be functional seven days a week. You know, we've seen with like the Sunday dinners, stuff like that. I know it's only small fry in comparison to the grand scheme of a football stadium, but it's money coming in. And if you look at it on a yearly basis, it's probably a decent chunk of money. Yeah, I was going to say, if you get 100 people in every Sunday, you're laughing, aren't you? Well, I think they do two or three settings every every time they do it. I think they yeah. do like a, a midday, a two o'clock and a five o'clock, maybe. Yeah, that's what I mean. So if, you, if you've got 100 people across them three, you're laughing. And I'm sure there's more than... More than that, on, I'd say. So, yeah, I, I think I think the big thing is you have to... You, as as a football club, you have to learn to be open seven days a week, don't you? And I know we used to have like the speed awareness courses there, which will have given you a bit of money and and whatnot. But you have to find out how that that the club is is used in that terms. We have to make sure that there's more functions going on, more events, and just more ways to get money into the club. Yeah, I think you've got you've got quite a few um, companies that are based based at the club as well, who use the boxes mm. on non-match days. And uh, I think if you go if you go into the main area upstairs and you turn left down that long corridor there on the, on the ground floor, there's quite a few offices on the left-hand side there that are used as well during the week um, by care services and whatnot. I think the ambulance use a couple because they have a station at Vale, I think. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it, 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 the stadium has to be multifunctional yeah. for it to make any money. Do you think that they will get enough people in on say a Friday night if they opened the Robbie Williams Suites? It's just a, a bar and booze on a Friday night. Uh, this uh, I, think I don't this know the was, answer. Yeah, I think this was discussed uh, when they first opened it. I don't know where where why I never came to fruition or not. Um, I aren't sure because yeah. it's it, it to me it kind of says it's there and there only, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's but yeah, it's like it's right there, aren't you? Yes, because it's not the middle of Boozland where yeah. you go and have a couple and then you'll go over to Johnny's bar. But maybe you could go Johnny's bar first and then have a walk up to the Vale or vice versa. I think I think with I think with that is I think you would have to have something on to attract people to go to it. Mm. So whether it was a singer or do you know what I mean, a band or whatever. I'm, I'm available. You are. You're. We've heard you singing. Probably would. No, we said a band, not people who were banned. Oh. <laughs> I haven't got a joke about being banned from Vale. I'm yeah, afraid. Good. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it'd be a good idea to open it, but you'd have to balance the yeah. pros and cons, wouldn't you? It's not the most, it's not the most easy to get to to the Robbie Williams suite, anyway, is it? You kind of have to go through the club to get there. So, is that the most appealing to people? Well, that no, no, you can you can go the entrance up. Yeah, by uh, that's the entrance that's actually used on a match day. Uh, as you, as you, the side door, as you come down, yeah, uh, past the old ticket office, 
there's an entrance there which takes you straight outside the Robbie Williams suite. So, yeah, fair enough. That's that's a bit better then, isn't it? Because yeah, like, it be a problem for entrance. But yeah, I think like I say, I think the big thing is we we have got to, we have we have got to look at ways to be more functional on a non-match day. And in all fairness, they are, aren't you? You've had the comedy club on twice now, haven't you? And I'm yeah. not on about last Saturday. I'm on about what they had upstairs on the Thursday. Um, and they've started you doing functions. Obviously, we've had the supporters club having functions there. So if we can get more stuff on, maybe we need an Elvis tribute on there. We maybe. can't. He's been caught in a trap. <laughs> yeah, but maybe he can get out. Oh, <laughs> he, can get out he can get out and put on his blue suede shoes and get down to Vale. Anyway, Bez, you, you you were waiting for me to finish because you had something to say, so say it before I um, end the podcast. <laughs> it might have already ended for all we know, because it did last week. It ended abruptly, didn't it, without us knowing. So it might have. Um, it was just, we haven't really mentioned because of when the news come out, and then obviously this news come out, Colin leaving the club. We've mentioned it briefly, but we haven't really said any words around it. And obviously he's been at the club for six and a half years. I think he's been a vital part of Ale for six and a half years. I think he's a loss to the club. Totally understand we're going in a new direction. Everything has to change. So it's not me going, oh, God, this is horrendous. He's gone. But it's me acknowledging the work that he's done for six and a half years. And I think he's been fantastic. He's turned up supporters club meetings, even during the Norman times, as as we've seen everywhere. And he took questions and answered honestly. He's always been very respectful to the fans and spoke to the fans and been honest and open. And really, it's putting on record from the podcast. Thank you to Colin for the last six and a half years because he has been an absolutely exceptional servant to the club, to the fans. And if it wasn't for him, dare say, there might not even be a club now. So from the Ale and Vale podcast, thank you, Colin. Yeah, and, and, he, and, he, and he did win um, League Two CEO of the Year last year. So, yeah, you know, he was being recognised within within football, not just obviously not local, not just locally as well. So. Um, he, he was obviously doing something right in that terms. Um, I think the statement that the club put out was lovely. I think Car- Carol made it quite clear that the the rumours that were floating around after this, um, I don't know why. I don't after after reading it, I don't know why people would think that. But you know, people will believe anything. Um, but but yeah, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? We kind you kind of. We we need to see what comes from it. So I think the hard thing is kind of not re- really knowing what he did in terms of as a whole um, versus what how his role is going to fit into all these new ones, and that's the only thing we're missing at the minute. Um, but from there, we I think we're all good. Yeah, and yeah, it was just. You know, he has been fantastic for this club. The other thing, I think, just to talk about, obviously we're saving on Collins' wage now, which I'd imagine would be a decent wage. I would think that Matt Hancock, Flickers and Claire have taken a bit of a pay increase. Paddy looks as though he's taking on a new role, whether that includes a pay increase. I wonder whether we're saving money or we're spending the same money and just spread it around. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose the the big thing is, does it matter in in that terms? Like, not really. I was just wondering. And the only thing I think I was not disappointed with, but the 
the rumour that everyone was talking about, and let's talk the elephant in the room because people will expect us to. The big rumour was Dono was investing in the club. Yeah. I would have been over the moon with that, not because I want Carroll out by any stretch. As football fans, and you've said it about Wrexham, Johnny, every football fan wants, and let's address it, every football fan would love a rich benefactor that's going to pump money in. Yeah, of course they would. Of course they would. However, let's look at it in the cold light today. He's very active on Twitter, Dono, so, and he's very active with Vale fans on Twitter. Who knows whether he is putting money in, but not if, you know, he's not a shareholder. We don't know. However, we want a sustainable football club. So if Carol's saying that, right, you fund your own football club means that we've got a football club two, three, four years down the line, whereas we all want to just go out big in January and spend 200 grand on Bristow from Tranmere and all the rumours, if that meant that we hadn't got a football club in two years, this is the right way to go. Yeah, it is. But I was very excited when I heard that potentially Dono was investing in the club because everyone wants a rich benefactor. And I think him and Carroll would be a dream team together. However, Carroll's been there four years now and done a fantastic job on her own. Yeah, I, still, I still don't think it's ruled out any investment in the future. No. And I think there's definitely... There's a, there's a lot of we from Ian Donaldson. On Twitter. Yeah, I was just about to say that the, the 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 tweet recently about the pitch was very we, wasn't it? And I know this one is let, let let me find it because one of the things we were asked the other week um, was to make sure that people who haven't got Twitter or whatnot know what we're talking about properly. Yeah, which is a fair point. Yeah, so you um, you give just a bit of background about who he is, Bez. Just, just in case people don't know that, and then so Ian, Ian Donaldson owns Autonet, or maybe he sold some of it now. But Ian Donaldson is the bloke that created Autonet, which obviously is a, <coughs> another big employer in Burslem. As part of Autonet, they at points purchased Carol Nash, which is another big insurance company, the Swinton Group, another big insurance company, and I believe he sold part of it off now, but he's still CEO. Um, so yeah, he runs a business in Burslem. He's a local man. He was born in Kidsgrove, so again, local. Actually, had spells at Liverpool as a player when he was young. Um, and I know Dono a bit because he used to run Kidsgrove under-18s when his son played for him. And me and Tony used to go down ref him, so Tony would be in the middle and I'd be on the touchline in front of Dono, getting a bollocking off him every week. But yeah, nice bloke, nice bloke. I had some good banter with him and real nice bloke. And he also, obviously, Kidsgrove is the auto-net stadium. He does invest in kids' growth. And that's it. And obviously, Vale tweeted about more than 1,000 tickets now been sold for Friday uh, to Accrington. And he commented saying, time to put Saturday behind us and show, show this faithful what we are capable of. Which, to me, that doesn't sound like a, a comment from a fan's perspective because I wouldn't be saying it's time to show, show the, this faithful what we are capable of. Um, so that was that was one of the first ones, and then um, Tone commented: away performances haven't been the problem. It's the home forms dreadful on the road. Luke half decent, and Dono then replied to him saying, "Indeed, and as per players' consensus, we need to look at the play, the, the surface we play on at home, which has been done." And obviously, Carol's come out and explained that a bit further. But in just them two tweets, there was there was a lot of the use of we, which I 
I don't believe was a royal we as in Port Vale. It was more of a we as in like us. Yeah, us as a, I won't say ownership group, but as a leadership group. Yeah, as a leadership team, shall we say. And you know what? If his involvement is that Carol picks the phone up to him and talks to him, because I know Kids Grove is nowhere near Vale's level, but he's been investing them year, for years. Obviously, everyone knows all the stands are sponsored by Autonet as well. But if it's a, do you know what? Use me and I'll give you my thoughts as a businessman. Fine. Great with that. And he also, when he said we are addressing the pitch, he said that before Carol did. So it's not yeah. like he watched Carol's into them when, oh, we are addressing the pitch. Yeah. He's a, he, he, he knows he knows something that he's involved somewhere along the line. Yeah, and maybe... Whether that's just a chat, yeah. whether that's, whether that's in, in the future coming, becoming more involved, then that's something we're going to have to wait and, wait and see. Um, Question for it was, you. It was, it, was hor- it was horrible to, to be sitting there on Tuesday hoping it was that news and you know, you, your head starts going into overdrive almost, doesn't it? Because you, yeah, you think to yourself, oh well, all of a sudden now, you know, it, is he is he coming in with money to burn? Is he coming in and being sensible? Is he is he coming in and you know not investing in the playing side? Is he just having a look at the infrastructure of, of the stadium for us? There's, you know, there's so many questions. Yeah, and you look what he's done at Kidsgrove is every year he improves a little bit of the club. Mm. And he invests in the stand. We've seen the years we've been going down friendly. The stand gets better every year or something. And, you know, <coughs> or maybe his involvement just as he's the main sponsor of Port Vale. So Carol talks to him because we know, as we said, they sponsor all the stands. They've got a massive box down there, Autonet. Maybe it's just he's the main sponsor and he's the main person pumping money in from a sponsorship side. Does he become the shirt sponsor next season? We'll soon find out. Well, we won't soon find out. We'll find out at some point. Well, that, that's one of the things I was going to ask you both, not about the shirt, but if your season ticket arrives and it says, here's your Port Vale season ticket for the Autonet Arena, would that bother you? No. Absolutely not in the slightest. I can still call it Vale Park. It's still exactly. Vale Park to me, it just won't be written down. Exactly. No, not in the slightest. If he's paid to call it the Autonet Arena... Fair play, go for it. If that means money's coming into the club, not a problem in the slightest. Call it what you want, as long as it's not Pamland Stadium and Tough Sheet. Even even then, if it was called Tough Sheet and they're paying you £5 million a year, you're not arsed, are you? Can't no, be. actually. No, I'd call, have a Tough call Sheet. Call it Tough Shit if you want for £5 yeah. million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and that, that, that's where I'm at. Do you know, like, I get that I got the Newcastle fans not being happy when it was the sports direct but was that more because mike ashley was being an arse than anything else do you know what i mean like if mike ashley had gotten where they're at now and he'd said oh by the way so you can have an extra 300 million a year we're calling it the sports direct stadium the newcastle fans would go yeah okay sound go for of course it would. of course they would. we were up shit street they were like oh here we go he's another he's, he's another bit of bollocks but Interestingly, I'm just like try, trying to find sort of a bit of info basically around other stadium sponsorships. Back in 2013, 
Bradford Stadium sponsor was £1.2 million a season. Bloody hell. So, that's that's a, that's a big amount of sponsorship. And I get, obviously, they get 18000 at home, so that's, they're going to look at some of that compared to like compared to where you go and stuff like that, but I do, I do really think that it's a, shall we say, untapped potential. We've never had a stadium sponsor, I don't think, have we? For as long as I've not, no, for as long as I've been in the early nineties, it's been just Vale Park. You've had stand sponsors. Yeah. Do you? Can you, I don't, so can, no, this might sound a really stupid question. Can you have an overall stadium sponsor and then individual stand sponsors as well? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, because I think, I think that you, you look at, you look at football clubs, for example, that you put a sponsorship anywhere, can't they? you? You've still got to have the North, like North, South, East, West stand so people know where they're sat. So, yeah. Lawn Street will still be Lawn Street and whether it's the, whether it's the Autonet Lawn Street or whether it's when it was BCG was on there and stuff like that, it was still always something Lawn Street. Yeah, but I, I, I always wonder on our tickets, because I've never really, uh, somebody else would be able to tell me this who maybe picks up tickets individually for games. On our tickets, do we write the, I suppose obviously all stands at the minute are currently sponsored by Autonet. When it wasn't the case, did we write the sponsored name on or did we write Lawn Street Hamill End, railway stand, railway paddock, by cars. Back in the day, I'm sure it said the sponsor, like the Signal 1 stand. Yeah, the Sentinel well, yeah. stand was a Sentinel stand at 1.1. Yeah, back in the day, I'm sure we did. And I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure as a sponsor, you've, you're going you're gonna to want it. So Yeah. Well, think... that's what I mean. You're not just going to want it for that, for that emblem just on the top of the stand, are you? No. But I, you know I, I suppose the question is on the ticket. If if the Autonet's badge is just on the ticket, then is that enough in the same sense? Because, the, like you say, they are kind of the whole sponsor, not just partial. Yeah, you can't really at the minute. You can't really put the Autonet North stand. No. The Autonet West stand. The Autonet South stand. The Autonet because nobody yeah. would know where they bloody hell did outside, would they? Unless it was. Very clearly signposted, which I think it's just been advertised, just advertised away fans that we, we tend to anyway. Yeah, I, I, for me, I, th- I think the, the stands will always be the names that we've got now. Yeah, yeah, to pay off fans, yeah. Yeah, I, I think ev- even on ticketing, I think they'll always be, it, it'll be whatever railway stand, whatever railway paddock, if, if they're going to go down that route again of different sponsors, but. If Autonet are having them, I think they'd be more than happy for it just be the railway paddock at, at, at the Autonet Arena, shall we say? Yeah. Rather than fanning around going the Autonet East Stand at the whatever, but I, I do I do think like as long as the money's right and it helps out everything, I think stadium sponsorship is massive. I think I know that when we had. Patrick on the podcast, he said that they they like Synetic sponsoring the shirts because of the freedom that they've got with them in terms of the colour match and them sort of things. But I do think it's time that we 
expand our horizon in that sort of sense because can Synetics give you the same amount of money as other shirt sponsors for example um and i think what what are we looking at in terms of like sponsorship money from Synetics versus i don't know like an, an outside sponsorship yeah, but for me, you go with the ice, Betty. And I, I, I'm pretty sure they would. I'm pretty sure Synetics will be paying the same as or slightly more than the next ice, Betty. I can't see Carol going, well, actually, we're going to turn 50, 100 grand down to get this Synetics 25, on. yeah. Yeah, I think knowing what Carol's done for this club and the way she is, I imagine that she will be paying the going rate. I can't imagine she's cutting corners there. Fair enough. Just my view, I could be wrong, but I can't see. I think she'll pay the going rate. Biting your nose off spite your face, aren't you, really? Yeah. yeah. And if anything, owners normally pay a bit more, don't they? Because it actually gets... Yeah, because it gets, gets a little bit more with financial fair play, doesn't it, and whatnot, yeah. I think. Not that... I don't think financial fair play are warriors for a long time, I don't think, but... Yeah, it does extend that gap, I think. Fair enough. Um, I was just trying to see if there was any information about it, but it's all Premier League and we're obviously... You're talking silly numbers. Yeah, talking £40 million a season. <laughs> Can't yeah. see Vail being that, mate, I'll be honest. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, can't, I think, think that's a bit much. Even with our fantastic away following. Yeah. May I add again, yeah. Um, well, fantastic support for Accrington on Friday. Um, because we sometimes get a little bit overshadowed in this division with the likes of Ipswich and Derby and your Sheffield Wednesdays, but we, we're we always up there with the, oh, well, a, a, near a thousand every week at the minute away from home. Yeah. Uh, if not more, I think. So we're over a thousand for Accrington. We've, we'd sold up until yesterday, uh, we'd sold well over 500 for Lincoln. And I think we've only got a thousand tickets for Lincoln, um, haven't we? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, fantastic, fantastic support again. Yeah. And in, in all fairness, I've been Bolton today, as I said, and I was chatting to a Bolton fan who was at Wembley on Sunday. He was a broker, and he, you know, and he goes all the home games. And, and you know, I said, "Oh, I'm a Vale fan." He says, "Oh, really well supported club." You know, and that was his views. That was a Bolton fan who obviously. They are a bigger club than us. They've got bigger attendances than us, bigger away following than us. But that was an outside view. Just you know, really great away following. He says naturally you get a good attendance at home, which I didn't think ours was a good attendance at home. And I said, well, you know, seven thousand home fans generally around that mark. And he went, yeah, that's good following. And I didn't look at it like so. It was interesting to see a bigger club's perspective that you know seven thousand home fans, which I think we've been. Probably average there to there about this season, 7,000 home fans. And they say, yeah, but then you think about it, you've got clubs like Accrington that get seven and a dog. Yeah, but I think Accrington, Accrington brought 10% of their home crowd when they came to us. It's just their home crowd's a lot smaller, isn't it? Yeah, and that Lincoln probably gets similar home to us, don't they? But, yeah. you know, just, who else is the Cheltenham? They don't get anywhere near Cambridge. 
Forest Green. Actually, two. Do they get seven? Can't think what they get at home. But yeah, it was just, you know, it made me open my eyes and go, actually, our support is okay. About 6,000, I think, so, actually, to get. Yeah, so bigger than them. And yeah, it was just interesting to hear a bigger club, which normally you think, oh, God, they'll be ridiculing our when they get 20-odd thousand. And like, no really good supporter club. Just trying to see. Um, average home attendance this season, 7,500. Mm. So, so, so out of that, you'd say about six then, wouldn't you? No, um, I'd go maybe I would six say about six, five, eight. Five. I would say yeah, about six, Because don't forget, you have had the clubs that have brought 200 and... The one club bring 120 odd, visit Forest Green 120 odd. So, yeah, you've had a, some big away following, but you've also had some at the other end. So, our average away attendance for the 13 games that. up to the 5th of Jan was, was 1,041, and we were ninth at that point. That's uh, pretty good. Well, put it, this is the perspective, right? 164 miles on average we travel per game for an away game. Which is the exact same amount as Bristol Rovers, would you believe? Yeah, right. Okay. And Barnsley. And Plymouth. Bloody hell. So, but um, what I was going to say then. Uh, our lowest attendance as well was also Wickham on the Tuesday night. Which is 400 and something, wasn't it? Yeah, 400 bang on the nose. Yeah. But interestingly, what I was going to say is that Plymouth, across their full season, will be 242 miles, their average away mileage. So nearly 100 miles above the league average and what we're doing. So I think I think that also has, has a telling point of we're in a quite a luxury position, aren't we? Being smack bang in the centre of the country. Yeah, but our, our away attendance is brilliant. I, I love our away attendance. Like I think when, when you're taking 400 Wickham on a Tuesday night, and I think actually was it Plymouth on the Friday that was the lowest attendance? Actually, that might have been the 400. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I think Wickham. Yeah, was Wickham a bit, might have been 440, something like that. Yeah, but when you take when you're taking that, do you know what I mean? You, you you've got to report it, and I think that's something that we we shouldn't take for granted. But, I don't know if it's just me. It always feels like there's more than there is. Yeah, in the in the mini, definitely. I think there's, there's there's still a pretty good, pretty good atmosphere when we go away. Everyone's like they're not going away to want to pick a fight with, with with the their own team. So I think it's always nice. No, we we seem to be. Uh, whereas in the past, I've gone to away games and it's all been. If we sing something to them, they sing something back, and all of a sudden people are trying to rip the netting off and get to them. Yeah. Whereas now it's a bit more of a, all right, well, we're going to change our song slightly again and bat, try and batter you again verbally with a, you know, with another joke of why you shit, etc. And I think that's it's a bit more enjoyable. It brings a bit more, but well, for me anyway, it brings a bit more of a crack. Where I'm, you know, I've never really been a fighter, so. Yeah, and that was it. I think Portsmouth hits that nail on the head, doesn't it? Like that that could have easily spilt over and probably would have a few years ago. But especially when they're 2 0 down, do you know what I mean? It, that we we've we've all been at games when stuff like that happens and it's 
straight off then and there's the scrapping going on in the corner on the pitch and stuff so I think like you say I think it's it's good in that sort of sense so yeah. happy days um and then Bez any, any more for any more no I think that's it no covered everything that's that, that's good Tom anything from you before we move on to Accrington Stanley no no everything seems to uh, be covered quite well Lovely stuff. So we'll move on to Accrington then. Um, we are away. So if you do need a taxi, hit up Andy PVFC um, on Twitter. He's on Facebook. Um, I think go and get go and drop him a message on, on online. Um, book your taxi to Accrington. I'm sure he'll happily take you there for the price of a match ticket and then a, then a little bit of petrol money. So get on get on to Andy. Um, we've had some injury news about the club this week, so I think it's only right for us to start there. Um, ben Garrett has suffered a setback for his injury. Um, he'll be out for a, for a little bit longer with his calf, um, and so is Lewis Cass. Um, so yeah, Cass isn't isn't likely to return immediately. Similar thing, his calf's causing problems, and he's had a setback as well. And obviously, we know Dan James is, is done for the season with, with ankle ligament um, injury. So, yeah. Garrity for another couple of weeks is a mess, isn't it? Yeah. That's, think... that's potentially three, four games, isn't it? Yeah, it's big three games as well, isn't it? Like, well, Yeah. Garrity for me is a huge mess, but I think, I don't know if anyone saw what he tweeted out. He's, yeah. he's obviously dealing with a bit of personal stuff at the minute as well. Um, having a friend go in the circumstances that, that has happened it isn't gonna be isn't gonna be good for anyone. So hopefully Ben and his family and his mates are all pulling together and are doing all okay around it. Um yeah. Because you can't imagine that happening to any of and anyone, can you? No, no, certainly not one of your best mates. Um and you know, some things in life are more important than whether he makes our first eleven. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. definitely. Um, but yeah, Cassie, Cassie as well. Uh, I, I felt the time of Cassie's injury he was coming into a little bit of a good spell. Mm. It was a bit of a shame that he got the injury when he did. Um, the the thing with Lewis Cass seems to be at the minute is he doesn't have medium term injuries. He's either out for a, quite a while or three days. Yeah, no, that, mean, he that's... landed landed on his head against Forest Green. I thought he broke his soddy neck, and he was back playing. I think was it <laughs> a week later? Yeah. Um, and then you know something as simple as a little calf strain. You know, you're taken off as a precaution, and we haven't seen him for six, seven games. Um. I would like Cass at the minute because I think he gives us a little bit more of an option to change up what is becoming a little bit frustrating at the minute for Vale fans, I think, defensively. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't can't argue with that. I think the, the, the back three is, is becoming very irritating. I think it's, it's difficult because the players individually aren't bad players, are they? It's just... No. Seems to be a bit of a struggle at times, and can't really put your finger on why. I don't think it helps when you know you're stuck. That is your back three. 
Do you know what I mean? You can't. There's no room to change it. No, uh, and I will keep harping on about it as well. And I spoke about it last last game as well. I don't think it helps changing players' positions week week by week either. No, right. no, and I think, it, but I think we, you know we also have we have a, a duty of how we do set up. Uh, you know, if they've got a big lad who's going to sit on Sammy Robinson. There's just no point playing Sammy Robinson there because he's going to get absolutely pummeled in the air. And you know, and then then we're saying after the game, after the lad scored that trick of Edders, why are we playing Sammy there? And I think that sometimes when you've only got minimal options, you can get stuck between stuck between what to whether you stick with the same and try and force the issue on the opposition, or whether you do alter it alter it slightly. In order to, you know, whilst trying to put it on them, we have still got to be wary that, you know, they've got a six-foot lad coming in at the back stick or whatnot. Yeah, I, I get that, but then that is—is is that not down to organisation? Like, shouldn't you be able to organise your team to say, right, Smithy, he's your man. If he goes out right right on Sammy, you go out with him. But then, what happens if he's playing on the, you know, the left-hand side of a front three? It's about being flexible, then surely. But then you're asking Sammy Robinson, who we're thinking of as a right back, and then all of a sudden he's playing centre half and he's he's out of position, which is what we've said we didn't want to do by putting him at right, moving him from right centre back, didn't we? Well, I, I just think my, my issue is that one week he's playing right centre back, the next he's left wing back, the next he's on the bench, the next he's right wing back, and it's just like. How'd he's got to be flexible the then, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. But how'd you get the best out of someone if you do if you're dicking around like that so much? I think he's young enough to be able to to do it at the minute, and I don't. I think if someone asked you now what Sammy's best position, I would say he's had as equally as many good games at right wing back as he has right centre back or left wing back. So one. But I'd say he's probably had two in. Both, two in all three. Fair enough. I'd say he's probably had six six quality games out of what as he what has he played in seventeen. Yeah, seven eighteen. I think I think it was the other day. I think that's so. probably probably fair. I don't think anyone thinks he's completely ripped it apart and deserves player of the season, does he? No. It's a very short list of who does now. I think. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 get to there one day. We There's still a few things left before that that has to happen. There is, but yeah. So, so obviously we know about injury news. We know that we are a little bit stuck at the back in terms of what we get. So on that, Bez, what would your eleven be? I'm gonna be quite maverick with it. <laughs> Go on. Stone and goal. Yeah. Back three. I'm going Sammy Robinson right centre back. Yeah. Smithy in the middle. Yeah. Forrest left centre back. Okay. So I'm taking Donnelly out. And Forrest has played a lot of games in his career at left centre back, so I'm going there. Wing backs, I'm bringing Mal back at left wing back. Uh, was it right wing back? Midfield three, obviously we know Garrett is not playing, so it's got to be Ojo, Pet, Conlon, top 
Taylor's game playing because he's not playing Monday. You probably stick with Taylor and Addison, don't you? So yeah, the only place I'm really going Maverick is the centre backs. I'm bring, moving well to left centre back and bringing Sammy in at right centre back and bringing Donnelly out the firing line after last week. Tom, any changes to that? Um, do you know I've got a really weird feeling that he's going to go three four three. Okay. Uh, I think Stoney probably starts in goal. Um, Forrester, Smith, Donnelly. I think he stays there. Uh, Was it Ojo, Pet, Benning? And then I think he starts with Wilson, Harrison, and Butterworth as your front three. I have no idea what's made me think that. I just, whenever we have a bit of a shitter, he tends to like to put a rocket up some big names. And you think and Matty think, Taylor's going? And I think Matty Taylor. I, the only downside to it is obviously, you know, if we 1 0 down and Matty Taylor comes off the bench, scores twice, and then he can't play Monday. Mm. Um, it's a bit of a thingy. But then if he doesn't play, if he, you know, if we're 3 0 up on Friday and all front three have scored, is it a master stroke then going into Monday and you've got three? Banging for well, banging for they score one each. Um, but you know what I mean. Does that make Monday a little bit easier then? Uh, I don't know. You see, I think Taylor starts because we're playing Oxford Monday, so he hasn't then got to play Addison Wilson ninety minutes twice in four days. But that also that also shouldn't mean because he thinks he's going to play Friday, he can have a stinker last Saturday. He was bloody agreed. awful last Saturday. No, so there's that, gotta be there's gotta be something along the line that says, you know, you have that bad of a game. You don't if we take everyone out that had a stinker, we've got no players left. We haven't got enough players to replace everyone that had a stinker last week. No, but this is his first you know, this is his probably his first time when you know, Clark he could turn around and say, Well, that isn't good enough. You know, we might give him tomorrow yeah. and say, look, yeah. all right, you've had one bad. I'm not going to drop you off one bad game. I get what you're saying. And maybe if we weren't playing Oxford Monday, that would happen. I mean, but to I think... be fair, he might even see Matty Taylor as being able to play off the left. Yeah. And Wilson play off the right and Harrison be the main man through the middle. Um, I don't know. He might do. But yeah, that's, uh, I'm going for a change of formation. Game rogue, are we? Yeah, well, someone's got to be. Are you game rogue, Johnny? Or um, no, I think I, I think I'll play it pretty safe. I think Stoney starts in goal. It'll be Forrester, Smith, and Donnelly. Um, was Wazer and Benning as wing backs, I think. Um, Pet Conlon, Ojo is your three, and I do think it'll be Harrison and Willow to start. Oh, I think. Willow needs if Willow's going to play Monday, he needs sixty minutes in his under his belt now, rather than just fifteen twenty coming on at the end. So, yeah, that that's that that's where I that, that's where I see it going. Is there a chance 
No. We, we play Oxford Monday. Is there a chance to play Stephen so Stones doesn't get injured or sent off? Well, if you if you if you're doing if you're doing that, you 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 can't rest all your players, can you? No, I agree, and I wouldn't. I'm just wondering if there's a chance. I suppose there is a chance because we've only got two senior keepers, but there's always a chance. And knowing our sodding luck, Stoney would get injured. Yeah, yeah. Or he come out and clatter someone. Yeah, and get sent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's there's a chance, but I just I I honestly think that if if we're going down that route of protecting people, then it we're probably looking at Willow. Probably looking at Willow and. Well, you're probably looking at Proctor and Taylor starting, aren't you? Yeah. So let's be honest. Going into the run of three games, so we had Saturday against I've wiped it from my bloody memory, Cambridge. Cambridge. Accrington, then Oxford, it's three of the bottom five. Before the three, you'd want me picking up six points really out of the three. Now yeah. we've lost a we need three points out one of these two games. We need a win in one of these two. Yeah. Ideally both, but one of the two we need to win. Form form says I'll I'll take three points and scab yeah. a win. Yeah. My head and my heart says gotta be looking at going to get four points here. Yeah. Acting to the bottom of the form table. Oxford are second, third from bottom in the form table. Um and for anyone who hasn't seen it, we're, we're, we're fucking 14th. <laughs> There's some shit in this league. In the last five games, this is. Yeah. It's because we got that win against... And below us is our Derby, Sheffield Wednesday. Bolton. Bolton. Lincoln. Lincoln. You know, there's loads of... What loads points have we got in the last five games, then? Four five points. points. Five. Yeah. So, us, us, Wick and Bolton are all on five points. Then Cambridge, Shrewsbury are on four. Sheffield, Forest Green, Derby three, Lincoln, Oxford two, Accrington, Morecambe one. Wow! But in the last ten games, we've got the same amount of points as Accrington eight. So yeah, let's not go that far back though, because that doesn't look good. <laughs> John, something that is interesting in their last ten games, they've only scored five goals. Accrington. Oh shit! The game beat us six. Yeah, they've only scored two in the last five whilst conceding 12. Is the goalie playing or is he suspended? He got sent off twice in two games, didn't he? He got sent off at Plymouth, didn't he? Uh, is, that the, is that the last sending off or was that the first one? They no, must he have got, got four games then, surely. It, no, he got sent off at Portsmouth and then they've had MK after that where he didn't play, obviously. Um, he didn't play at Plymouth and... He conceded five against Exeter. And was that the last? Did he get sent off that one? No, he didn't, did he? No, no. He, oh, so he's back then. Yeah, he played the full 90 minutes against Exeter and, and conceded five. So, oh. yeah, they've had a week off. They're on the back of a hiding. So I think we have got to be a bit careful with them because I don't care what anyone says. They've got a couple of decent players in there. Um, we, we all know what Mitch can do. Like you've got Tommy Lee in mid midfield that has had a decent couple of seasons, scored six six in his last two seasons each season, and you take a midfielder scoring six in League One, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, yeah, I think we just need to be a bit cleverer this time around than the last time we played them. 
in um, true Kevin Keegan style, I would love it. Just love it if we beat them. Well, yeah. I just I can't stand I can't stand the manager. No, I can't. The owner tits me off the other week, so yeah. It isn't a very happy hunting ground for us, though. No. Um, but, oh bloody hell! West Ham's goalkeeper's just had an absolute Western super. He has, uh, but yeah. After what Coleman said after the FA Cup last year about we'd be lucky to be playing them this season, well they'll be lucky to be playing us next season. Yeah. yeah. Just having a look. In our last, we lost three two there two thousand eighteen, which was the season, wasn't it? Where the league, where. Danny Pugh played left back. We were 2 0 up to half time. Could well be. We lost 2 0, drew 2 2, lost 3 0. So we beat him at 2 1 in 2010. That was it. Wasn't that when um, Adnan Ahmed was that this one? No. Was that Mac? He scored past Mac, didn't he? Mac. Trying to think, two thousand and ten. I'll have been there. Yeah, you've all been there. Let's have a gander. Um, Trey Davis and Chris Taylor scored. (sighs) All starting eleven for that day: Chris Martin in goal, Lee Collins, John McComb, Gareth Owen, Rob Taylor. Griff, Lofty, Taylor, Dodds, Rig, Craig Davis, with Mark Richards, Haldane, Yates, Lee Molyneux, Sammy Fraser, Sam Morsey, and Daniel Lloyd Weston on the bench. Bloody hell. Right, how times change. Yeah, they had Luke Joyce playing for him that day. But he was a whippersnapper then. Yeah, can't have been that old. Phil Edwards was there as well, Bobby Grant. He scored, actually, Bobby Grant did. Yeah. But yeah, looking you. forward to Friday. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise you if Tony Griff got booked. I mean, it never surprised me that didn't, to be fair. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, not, it's not a happy hunting ground there. How are you getting there, Johnny? Are you driving? I'm driving, ah. Uh, yeah, got a full car. Um, no. No? Just just three of us. Oh, it's comfortable then. Comfortable. Yeah, just the three of us. Let's give out yeah. a nice day, I think. Yes. About 14 degrees, sunshine. Heat wave coming, isn't there? Yeah, so get your speedos on. If you want to, what that is. I'm I was going to say, granddad in his speedos. I'm not going. You're not going? You... No, I'm not going. He's in protest. Yep, protest. Not going any more away games now. Ever. To Ipswich. Ipswich. Yeah, so. I can't. I can't make it. It's a friend's birthday, so I'm out up Newcastle Friday night. Although I'm driving, I'm not drinking, so can't go Accrington. I will be watching on our follow though, and then I can't go Lincoln because it's me mate Mickey B's 60th. So we're going Manchester for the weekend. So yeah, other engagements unfortunately for the next two away games. But then I will be going Ipswich and Charlton. Oh, yeah. Right. So that obviously the the big thing avtimings.com goal scorer and time of first goal. Baz, over to you. I am going first goal scorer to be Tom 
Conlon. Wanker. I know. Don't call him that. He's going to score. No, that's what I was going with. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I thought it's because you didn't like him. No, no. I've got nothing against the person. The play, it's, it's the player that I don't like. Yeah, I think Tom Conlon's going to score in the 28th minute with a free kick from the edge of the box. And we will go on to win the game by two goals to nil. Tom? Aaron Donnelly. 12 minutes. And we're going to win 3 nil. Okay. It's going to be, someone's going to have a shot from a corner and it's going to go right across the face of goal and Donnelly's just going to be at the back stick just to turn it in. And like wheel away. Goal. Wheel away with, yeah, wheel away with his little shearer arm that he does. Fair enough. So both 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 of you going rogue. Seeing as bad you stole mine, I'm gonna have to you know, have to change change mine up, aren't I? Well no, you could say it as well. No, well, let's 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 make it interesting. I'm going Funzo, because why wouldn't you? And twenty eight minutes one nil. Didn't I go twenty eight minutes? Probably. What? Maybe there's going to be a goal in 28 minutes, but you never maybe, know. Maybe. I ever said 27 or 28. I think you said 28 as well, but I was thinking yeah. 28, so I, I, I was already weirded out with you. Ooh. So, maybe Colin's going to take the free kick. It's, it's going to rebound. It's, it's going to hit Funzo and go in, and you'll yeah. be claiming it's Colin, and I'll be claiming it's Funzo. Yeah. So, maybe we're both right. Maybe, and girls will just watch that Funzo. Exactly. What? On that on that note, we're done. We're dusted. We'll be back Friday night. Um, you won't be surprised that Tom won't be with us. I'm. I'm. I, I, hold on. I was. I was. <laughs> the Friday I, one was sorted before I was sorted for tonight. <laughs> I won't be with you either. No. So we are, we are going to have Steve and Andy with us reviewing it. Um. So yeah, that'll be back Friday night because we want we want the quick turnaround in t- terms of for the for the Monday game. Bez will be and back. You- yeah, you're going to preview the Monday game on Friday as well. Yes, mate, yeah. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, and then we'll be back Monday night after the, the Oxford game then. Yeah. Uh, as as normal, Bez will be back then. So I will. If there needs to be any additional dog shits brought to you from the Accrington game, I'm sure you'll set, save them up for us. I'm sure I will. And I had a nice message off Goddard Sunday morning said so made his day with my performance on the podcast Saturday night. You did? His 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 actual words. He actually let me find it. Um, we we talk a lot in the group, so bear with me. Talk talk among, among yourselves while I find this. So watching I'll, Newcastle, Tom. Yeah, I'll be honest, mate. We've been on for one hour forty six. This is going to be difficult. Yeah, um, I I am still watching the game. Yeah, it's. Uh, how how was your manscaping going? Good, good. I, I mean, same as normal. Yeah. yeah. Laura Woods now knows about my shaft. Thank you yeah. to whoever tagged Laura Woods into the conversation <laughs> there. <laughs> I, mean, I, wonder, I have no problem with Laura Woods discussing my shaft, but yeah. I, um, I, wonder, I wonder if she went back and listened to the pod. I'll be honest, the rumours that have been flying around about a dating AJ, I can't see mine being up to much in comparison. Kenny, <laughs> <laughs> he's bloody six foot six. Yeah. No, no. Did, talking about AJ, did you watch the fights? I, 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 uh, I, I call did it not. a fight. I came home to watch the fight, ordered a Chinese, 
ate my Chinese, turned my tally on, and realised I'd missed the fight. Worst story I've ever got. After what weird other stuff while I'm watching, while I'm eating. Yeah, worst story I've ever got from a Vale Away day ordering the Chinese was when I lived in my old house. Ordered a Vale Away day, then went out drinking after as well. Got home whatever time, ordered a Chinese. Woke up about four o'clock in the morning on the settee with no Chinese. So I don't know whether they knew I was pissed when I ordered and they never <laughs> turned up. Or they turned up and I was just sparkled. <laughs> well, you thought they'd have left it on doorstep for you, wouldn't you? I hadn't paid. It was pay on delivery. Oh, well, no, they wouldn't have left it on the doorstep then, Frankie. No. I remember, I can't remember where I saw it once, but I did, uh, it did make me laugh. that Someone got in and they were pissed up and uh, they tried to put themselves a pizza in the oven. And instead of putting the pizza in 200 degrees for 18 minutes, they put it on 18 degrees for 200 minutes. And when uh, when they woke up, it was, well, I don't even, it was either not cooked at all still, because it was just, you know, a nice steady 18 degrees. <laughs> I don't even know if my oven has 18 degrees no, on it. No, I don't think mine does. I think it starts at 50. 50. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a bit pointless having it at 18 degrees, doesn't it? Yeah, right, Johnny, we're really dragging it out now. Because I found it now. It's a good, <laughs> good as message saying, what a man Daniel Beresford is. Made me laugh about 10 times and only halfway through. A Port Vale treasure. Oh, thank you, Gutters. There you go. Port Vale treasure is what you are. Yeah. Um, I don't I think, think the players will be saying that if they listened. Well, no. And I will say something. If Dave Flitcroft wants to know why Vale fans leave, he should, he should be watching this West Ham game now. Yes. When that fourth went in, I think everyone just left and then... Well, the fifth's it, in now. As I say, it's that, it's that boy Joe Linton. Yeah. Waxman, isn't he? On door. Yeah. Maybe Eddie I will take the England job and turn Joe Linton English. Yeah, maybe. I don't know how that works. Well, you know, sure, mate. He turned him from a striker into a midfielder. Maybe he'll turn him English. Yeah. Uh, what, what, is his name going to be Joe Linton? Yeah. Fair enough. There we go. We're done. There's a Geordie with his top off. Yeah, and as there always is. As there is, yeah. It's so yeah, we'll we'll be at Accrington with with the thousand plus, which will be lovely. Um, so if you see either of me or Tom, give us a shout, say hi. We'll be back Friday night. Um, Get yourselves crew Sunday if you can. Show us some support. Half nine yeah. starts. If only just to laugh at me, please come yeah. and do it. Yeah, I, that, that's that's the reason I'll be there. So, <laughs> you can stand and laugh at Tom. I'll be there to do that. We, uh, it'll be nice. It'll be fun. Um, but yeah, have an ale and up the veil. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a 
Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So automate delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.